let's see the domain two okay as we know domain one is nothing but networking basics which is nothing but you know uh, and the domain two is as we know defensive security basics so so we are exploring defensive security basics okay since from the you know i think day six of this particular course so this is going to be the agenda for this d13 of our course cyber security foundation basics so in the first okay starting from uh, this particular day okay we'll be talking about okay very firstly how redundancy can increase availability then fault tolerance versus redundancy then we'll be talking about power redundancy disk redundancy network redundancy and finally okay we'll talk about backups and its types okay so let's go and explore these terms one by one so guys let's uh, see how redundancy can increase availability if we talk about redundancy so we can simply say that redundancy is you know basically redundancy uh, it is nothing but the you know existence of something that is not strictly necessary but is present as a backup or fail safe in case the primary system fails or malfunctions right so like if we talk about like in the context of communication or you know information system we can refer you know redundancy okay as the you know the use of multiple copies right or version of data okay or any kind of signals or you know components to increase reliability and minimize the risk of data loss or system failure right like for example in our computer system uh, redundant power supplies or hard drives can be used to ensure that the system continues to function even if one component fails as well yeah like uh, if we take you know in the context of employment so this is a very popular one so we can say redundancy here refers to the situation where an employer no longer needs a particular employee's job to be done right often due to changes in the business or economic conditions like in this case the employer may terminate the employee's contract and provide them with a redundancy payment or other benefits okay overall we can say that redundancy is often used as a way to reduce the risk of failure or loss in various contexts whether it be in communication system in employment or any other areas as well okay recently if you see uh, like lot of companies lot of tech giants are you know uh, they are you know just the mass lay down okay like they are just you know firing the employees okay and not like 100 okay few hundred they are firing the employees like in thousands right so that is nothing but the redundancy of employee okay now 
what about availability guys in ci tried okay the availability is one of the factor okay and we already understood uh, we already okay learn that particular part okay in this simple words we can say that availability okay basically it's the you know it's refer to the degree to which a system any kind of service or any kind of resource is operational as well as accessible when needed by authorized user right it is a measure of how reliably and consistently a system or service is able to provide its intended function to users in the context of information technology availability is often measured as a percentage of uptime over a given period of time right for example if a any system let's say suppose a system that is available 99% of the time okay would have 3.6 you know 3.65 days of downtime per year okay if i say if particular system okay 99% available okay over the period of a year so i can simply say so the downtime of the system will be around 3.65 right 3.65 days okay so here availability can be impacted by a variety of factors including hardware failures software bugs network outages okay cyber attacks as well as sometimes human errors as well right so you will find that okay like the few apps that you are using okay they are saying that like in the you know in the you know night they will be you know doing the maintenance okay so at that time okay at that time of maintenance okay the service for that particular app or software is not available for everyone so as we know nowadays okay ensuring high availability is very much important for many critical systems and services and what are those services like financial transactions okay like we don't know like someone okay in what time okay at what time that that person needs some you know uh, you know some finance okay need need some money so at that time okay financial services would be you know very much important in that case so financial transactions okay in that case availability is very much important like in healthcare systems right in emergency services ambulance and all okay as well as online commerce as well so if if a you know a lack of availability can basically lead to lost revenue okay or you know decreased productivity as well as damage to the you know reputation as well okay and in some cases serious safety risks as well okay so therefore we can say many organizations place a strong emphasis on ensuring high availability 
and implementing redundancy and failover mechanisms to minimize downtime and maximize reliability right okay so we can say that availability basically refer to this thing okay now how redundancy can increase availability we can say that redundancy okay can increase availability by providing backup or duplicate components or we can say systems or processes that can take over in the event of a failure or malfunction in the prime component or a system right like by having redundant systems in place okay we can say the overall system can continue to function even if one or more component fails okay so this can help to ensure that the system remains available and operational as well as you know that is reducing the risk of downtime and improving reliability right so basically the use of redundancy can also enable maintenance or repair to be carried out on the primary system without disrupting operations right so as the backup system okay can take over during this time okay yes or no so overall we can say redundancy can help to increase the availability and uptime of critical systems okay making them more reliable and resilient right like for example if we uh, like if you're talking about like uh, in the you know in a competent network okay we can say redundancy okay can be achieved through the use of multiple servers right okay in competent network we can say simply by using multiple servers we can be able to achieve redundancy okay like each of which can handle requests from users okay and if one server fails the other servers can continue to handle request okay ensuring that the network remains available to users okay similarly in a power grid redundant power sources can be used to ensure that power continues to flow even if one source fails yes or no we also say that redundancy can also be used in data storage systems okay where multiple copies of data are stored on different devices or you can simply say locations right okay so if if i say like one device or one location fails so the data can still be accessed from other devices or other locations right and that is ensuring the data remains available 24 by 7 okay so overall we can say redundancy provides a way to mitigate the risk of downtime or any kind of failure and ensure that system or services remain available for each and every user right now let us talk about the different use cases of this okay what are the different domains okay what are the what are the different cases we have okay that we are using 
this thing okay and then we can say that the redundancy okay like how redundancy can basically increase availability so what are the different applications are these okay so what are the different you know where we use this redundancy guys okay what are the different applications use cases are uh, this okay so like okay let me tell you this uh, the multiple use cases of this there are so many use cases okay of this because uh, if someone who uh, you know who started the startup or uh, who started the company okay so like it's you know there is must to you know available that particular service or software provided by the company okay is should be available 24 by 7 right so this is very much important okay for each and every cases each and every uh, field i would say okay like very importantly okay i can say that okay the data centers okay data center like google data center then sdfc data center and like for each and every organization there is data center okay to store their data as well as to you know process their data and protect that data from any kind of threat right all people you know amazon data center okay like one in india okay like uh, there are a lot of data centers are there okay and you know near to my home as well okay there is one data center which is sdfc's data center sdfc is the bank in india okay so like in you know in data center we can say that redundancy is uh, is very critical okay to ensure that servers and other critical infrastructure remain operationals in the event of a power outage or other failure right so redundant power supplies backup generators and cooling systems can all be used to increase availability and ensure that critical systems remain online right then what about next okay next and very important use case i would say in airline safety systems okay like you will see that okay in each and every plane okay you will find that there is at least two engines okay you will find that there will be at least two engines okay in each and every plane okay why because okay when okay that plane is on the air so at that time okay if something bad happen let's say one engine automatically you know stop working so at that time the second engine okay is working okay so it's kind of you know alternate kind of thing we can simply say that in aviation you know redundant systems are used extensively to increase safety and availability okay like for example commercial airplanes have multiple engines like i said before hydraulics uh, systems and you know uh, flight controls you know to ensure that the plane can still fly and land safely even if one system fails as well yeah then what about next communication 
networks okay nowadays communication networks okay like will become a you know most important thing because you know for like this this networks providers say you know the you know the communication we can be able to do the communication between okay our team members our families okay those are away from us okay as well as okay like uh, in big organization as well okay communication is also you know important like uh, for for their safety as well okay communication is very much important so communication networks such as the you know uh, internet relay heavily on redundancy okay basically to ensure that the data is transmitted reliably and without interruption isn't it like for example internet service providers use redundant fabric optic cables and routers to ensure that data you know can still flow even if one component fails right so redundant data centers can also be used to ensure that services remain available even in the event of a disaster or other outage as well yeah so guys as we know these are the few examples okay that we are you know that that we know okay and that we are you know like airline okay like we are traveling by using that okay like communication we are using internet okay like, like all of us okay are you know now using the internet okay so these are the you know uh, we can say that the you know these are the daily requirements okay so what are the different use cases are there for redundancy in defensive security like as we know we are talking about defensive security so what are the different use cases of redundancy in defensive security so we can say that okay redundant firewalls is one of the use case of redundancy in defensive security right so basically in network security firewalls are used to prevent unauthorized access to a network right so by deploying multiple firewalls in a redundant configuration it is possible to ensure that if one firewall fails okay in some conditions if one firewall fails so the other can take over and maintain network security without interruption okay so this can help to ensure that the network remains secure and available even if one of the firewall fails okay by just applying multiple firewalls we can reduce the risk of getting you know data breach or the you know any kind of threat or cyber attack right what about next redundant power supplies okay like in physical security access control systems and other security equipment often require a reliable power source to function properly okay like by using redundant power supply it is possible to ensure that the security equipments remains operational even if one power supply fails 
okay so basically this can help to maintain the security of a facility and to prevent unauthorized access even during a power outage or any other disruption right what about next redundant data backups so in data security data backups are you know essential to protect against data loss due to hardware failure any kind of uh, you know human error or any kind of cyber attack right so by implementing redundant data backups in multiple locations or using different backup technologies it is possible to increase the availability and reliability of the backups so this can help ensure that critical data can be restored quickly in the event of a disaster or cyber attack okay so this is reducing the risk of data loss right and ensuring that business operations can continue okay or can are available right so these are the few examples okay that uh, you know the left hand side you will see that the few examples that you are uh, you know just need of and these are the few examples or use cases of redundancy in defensive security okay so let's go ahead and understand the next term which is nothing but fault tolerance versus redundancy so guys fault tolerance okay like in a concept okay in you know the computer science and engineering okay and that refers to the well you know ability to uh, you know ability of a system or a component to continue the presence of faults or any kind of failure as well yeah so fault tolerance gives the system to the ability okay to continue operating in the presence of faults or any kind of failures as well yeah like let's say okay a very popular example is your mobile okay let's say if your you know display of the mobile damage from one side yeah that happen with your mobile and your mobile's display okay broke from somewhere okay not all 100% broke from somewhere so at that time you will be able to you know handle that particular mobile okay because your you know display just broke from somewhere like like a left hand side uh, upper left uh, you know lower left like that okay so then also you will be able to handle your mobile you will be able to you know you know do uh, you will be able to run the you know apps few apps as well you you can be able to make a phone calls by using that same mobile okay so that is nothing but you know fault tolerance okay it gives the system or components to the ability of operating in the presence of faults and failures as well right so we can say a fault tolerance system is designed to detect and recover from fault automatically without interrupting the normal operations of a system okay like uh, 
that is you know that is uh, like i guess one patent okay registered by the you know apple okay and because they are working on one technology which is you know uh, kind of you know self uh, you know if if some device okay just uh, you know destroy from uh, because of some reason so that device automatically you know uh, you know able to again uh, work or you know able to again attach like that so uh, like we can say uh, in fault tolerance system right okay so we can say uh, in fault tolerance systems okay redundancy is often used to ensure that okay critical components okay have backup systems in place okay in case of any kind of failure as well okay so we can simply say this okay like for example a redundant power supply can be used to ensure that a system continues to operate even if one power supply fails right so redundant hard drives or data centers can be used to ensure that data is not lost even if one hard drive or data center goes down right then we can say fault tolerance can be achieved through a variety of techniques including redundancy error detection and correction and graceful de you know uh, degradation so redundancy involves duplicating components or systems to provide a backup in case of failure right so error detection and correction involves checking for errors and correcting them automatically okay graceful degradation involves reducing the functionality of a system in a control manner in case of failure to minimize the impact on users so overall we can say that fault tolerance is an important concept in ensuring the reliability and availability of critical systems right and uh, the components as well so by designing systems to be fault tolerant it is possible to minimize the risk of downtime uh, downtime data loss and other negative consequences of system failures right now after understanding this term let's go ahead and understand what are the key differences are there between fault tolerance and redundancy okay what are the key differences are there so as we understood what is fault tolerance and redundancy like as we know redundancy is nothing but the backup or uh, you know any kind of copies of your data your files okay and what about fault tolerance so it's you know self repairing and or uh, it gives the system the cap capability to you know to work on okay work when the system is uh, you know is having some faults or any you know issues or any failure if we're talking about 
the key difference is between fault tolerance and redundancy so we can say okay first different is nothing but their approaches okay their approaches so we can say that okay like fault tolerance is an you know uh, the approach of you know fault tolerance okay basically that focuses on designing systems to continue operating in the presence of faults and any kind of failures right and fault tolerant systems are you know designed to detect and recover from faults automatically without interrupting normal operations of the system okay what about redundancy okay what the approach of the redundancy okay that involves okay basically we can say involves okay the approach involves creating duplicate components or systems that can take over if the primary component or system fails okay so first first difference is nothing but their approaches okay their approaches are totally different then what about next their purpose okay their purpose so if you're talking about the purpose of fault tolerance okay basically is to minimize the impact of failure on systems availability and reliability right and ensure that the system continues to function as intended even in the presence of faults right and what about the purpose of redundancy so the purpose of redundancy is to provide a backup or uh, you you can say that the in case of uh, you know any in case of failure right which can help ensure helps to you know ensure that the overall system remains available and operational right then what will be the next difference its implementation okay implementation of this both okay are different like fault tolerance can be achieved through techniques such as redundancy error detection and correction you know and grateful you know deed degradation you know then redundancy we can say on the other hand is achieved by creating duplicate components or simply the duplicate systems that can take over if the primary component or that alternate system fails right so we can say redundancy is typically implemented by deploying multiple components or systems in parallel and configuring them to work together to provide a seamless you know failover in case of failure okay now what about next next difference is nothing but the scope okay so as we know fault tolerance typically applies to a system as a whole whereas redundancy can be applied at different levels of the system for example redundancy can be implemented at the hardware level like for example you know uh, using redundant power supplies or disk drives right 
at or at the you know software level like using redundant applications or services or even at the network level as well like using redundant network connections or routers multiple routers right then what next next is nothing but the cost okay so we can say that fault tolerance okay can be expensive to implement right as it often requires specialized hardware and software that can detect and recover from faults automatically okay so like okay if you are using fault tolerance system so basically okay those systems are expensive than you know redundancy system because they have the capability to repair automatically right but if you are using a you know redundancy or you know redundant systems or uh, so we can say this can be less expensive to implement okay as it often involves deploying duplicate components or systems that are less specialized and easier to procure right then what will be the next difference is going to be the resilience okay so if we're talking about okay a fault tolerance so fault tolerance is generally more resilient to faults than redundancy okay like as it is designed to detect and recover from faults automatically without interrupting the normal operations of the system okay and on the other hand redundancy can be less resilient okay resilient we can say to faults as it relies on a failover mechanisms that may introduce some downtime or perform degradation when a failure occurs right so in summary we can say overall we can say fault tolerance and redundancy are different approaches to improving system reliability and availability right and each has its own advantages and disadvantages okay then fault tolerance provides automatic fault detection and recovery from that particular fault but it can be expensive to implement right and on the other hand we can say redundancy provides backup components or systems that can take over if the primary component or system fails but redundancy can introduce downtime or performance degradation when a failure occurs so the choice of approach okay so we can say the choice of approach depends on the specific requirements of the system and the resources available to implement right okay like let me uh, tell you one incident okay how many of you know about apollo 11 moon landing apollo 11 mission is very famous mission okay 
conducted by NASA, right? And basically, okay, like as we know, in making the satellites, okay, like there are some constraints, right? Like, okay, let's say there are some constraints of, you know, weightage, okay, weights of the satellite is one of the constraint, right? So instead of using redundancy, okay, instead of using multiple, uh, you know, systems, okay, we have to use fault redundancy, right? So, okay, if we're talking about this particular mission, okay, so during, okay, the Apollo 11 mission, okay, and that mission conducted uh, in 1969, Okay, we can say the, you know, the guidance of, you know, the guidance computer on the lunar module surfaced, you know, uh, we can say, uh, so basically that uh, the guidance computer, you know, on the lunar module suffered a, you know, series of error that could have, you know, jeopardized, you know, jeopardize the mission. Okay, so like, however, we can say the computer was designed with fault tolerant features that allowed it to, you know, detect and the correct the errors automatically and ensuring that the mission was completed successfully. Okay, so that is a, you know, uh, you know, importance of fault redundancy, right? What about next? Toyota Prius, you know, braking system. So if you're talking about this, so like in 2010, Toyota announced a recall of its Prius hybrid vehicles due to a potential fault in the braking system. So the fault was caused by a software error that could cause the brakes to fail under certain conditions. So, however, the price was designed with a fault tolerant system that allowed the driver to manually override the brake system and bring the vehicle to a stop in case of failure. Okay. So, again, they used a fault redundancy system, okay, in the braking system to stop the car, okay, in the case of any failure or in the case of any, you know, accident. So what about next? Space shuttle change, uh, you know, challenger disaster, right? So if we're talking about this particular, you know, due, so we can say like in 1986, the space shuttle challenger exploded shortly after liftoff, you know, killing all seven crew members on board and this disaster was you know caused by a failure of the o-ring seals okay like no one like uh, o-ring seals you know on one of the you know solid rocket boosters we can say which allowed it hot gases to escape and damage shuttles fuel tank right one of the 
contributing factors to the disaster was a lack of fault tolerant design in the o-ring system which made it vulnerable to failures under certain conditions okay so we can say these incidents okay which demonstrates the importance of fault tolerance in critical systems such as space vehicles in automobiles as well and in computer systems as well so by designing system with fault tolerance features that can detect and correct errors automatically or provide backup options in case of failures so it is possible to improve the reliability and safety of these systems okay so basically you know the the three mile island you know we can say that uh, three mile island uh, <clears throat> nuclear power plant in pennsylvania okay experience a partial meltdown of one of its reactors okay so however the you know safety systems and you know the redundancies okay built into the plant's design prevented a catastrophic release of radioactive material and there were no fatalities or injuries as you know happened as a result of the incident okay then uh, like you know uh, in you know around i would say in 2009 okay us airways flight 1549 okay so basically uh, if you're talking about this your airway uh, us airways flight 1549 so in 2009 us airways flight okay 1549 suffered a bird strike okay basically okay bird okay bird hits to that particular uh, plane okay so bird strike that basically caused both engines to fail shortly after takeoff and the pilot was able to safely land the aircraft in the you know hudson river in the river he landed the aircraft and all passengers and crew were evacuated without serious injuries so you know uh, we can say that the one of the factor that contributed to the successful outcome of incident was the redundancy of critical systems okay such as the multiple backup power sources and hydraulic systems that allowed the pilot to maintain control of the aircraft despite the engine failure right so what about next next incident which is going to be the the northeast blackout of 2003 okay like in 2003 a power outage affected much of the northeastern united states and parts of canada as well like and then people started leaving okay uh, without you know electricity for several days as well. okay so the outage was caused by a series you know series of failures in the power grid but the impact of the outage was limited thanks to the redundancy built into the grid's design 
like for example some critical infrastructure such as hospitals and emergency services had backup power sources that allowed them to continue operating during outage as well yeah so overall we can say that these incidents demonstrate the importance of redundancy you know as well as uh, you know uh, as we explain this fault tolerance okay so uh, in critical system we can say such as you know nuclear power plants aircrafts and power grids so by implementing redundant systems and backup options it is possible to minimize the impact of failures and disasters on the safety and availability this uh, you know of this particular systems right so now let's see the different types of redundancy so first one is going to be power redundancy okay power redundancy in case of you know power of or some kind kind of you know power failure or power outage we can say okay at that time we need the redundancy system and those systems are nothing but the power redundancy we can simply say so we can say okay the this power redundancy basically refers to the use of backup power resources right or redundant power systems to ensure continuous operation of critical infrastructure even in the event of a power outage or failure right so this particularly important for systems that require constant uptime such as data centers hospitals and manufacturing facilities right now let us understand what are the you know what are there you know different kinds of ways okay to implement power redundancy okay like as we know backup generators are there right backup generators are there so these backup generators can provide power in the event of a power outage or failure right so these generators are often powered by diesel like you mentioned diesel you know diesel backup generator i would say okay as well as natural gas or you know any you know different kinds of you know uh, the liquids like propane okay and can provide power of extended periods of time ups as well yeah solar power right then what about next uninterruptible power supply we can say ups systems okay so we can simply say a ups system uses batteries or flywheels to provide backup power in the event of a again power outage uh, or you know any kind of voltage fluctuations so ups systems are typically used for short term backup power right allowing for critical system to be safely shut down or for generators to kick in right then what about next 
redundant power sources so like for some critical infrastructure okay may have redundant power sources okay like such as multiple power feeds from different utility companies okay or multiple transformers or substations as well right so this ensures that even if one power source fails the other source can continue to provide power right then what about next which is dual core dead it equipment we also say that the dc right so in it environments dc equipment can be used to provide power redundancy right so this means that each piece of equipment is connected to you know two separate power sources and which is allowing it to continue operating in the event of a you know power outage or failure right then what about next which is going to be redundant power supplies right so like some servers and you know networking equipment have redundant power supplies okay which allow for continued operation in the event of a single power supply failure right so what are the real life examples are there okay what are the real life examples are there so as we know what are the different sectors are there like hospitals okay in hospitals okay there will be a need of uninterrupted power supply okay to operate critical equipment such as you know ventilator and all right then what about next for airports right like airports use power redundancy to ensure that critical systems such as runway lights a traffic control systems and security systems are always operationals okay they may have backup generators backup you know battery backups or multiple power feeds to ensure con continuous power supply then in banks right so bank rely on continuous power supply to operate their electronic banking system atms you know and other critical systems right and they often have backup generators or battery backup to ensure that power is available at all times right then what about next manufacturing plants okay they also need a you know uninterrupted power supply okay because okay you will find that okay in manufacturing plants you will find that the robots you know different belts okay those are you know constantly running okay and other machineries okay that require uninterrupted power supply okay to operate efficiently so they may use backup generators or battery backups to ensure that power is always available then what about next in tele in telecommunication sector as well 
you will find that okay it's a you know basically okay you will find that you know critical equipments okay such as the cell towers switches and routers okay those require continuous power supply to operate right and that's why okay you will find that the you know power redundancy they will use right data data centers as well guys we'll talk about that in the defensive security part okay like now what are the different real life examples are there in defensive security those who are uh, okay those who need power supplies like first one is data center okay what about next basically socks require uninterrupted power supply to operate their security systems such as security cameras access control systems and security appliances right yes nocs as well so they often use backup generators or battery backups to ensure that power is always available even during power outage or disruptions as well okay then next is nothing but data centers like we all know like data in data centers okay doing each and everything okay we will require okay power so you know like to you know uh, to uh, for for their servers for their network devices okay so that's why data centers also require uninterrupted power supply for their security systems such as security cameras right their access control system and security appliances okay so they often use backup generators or battery backups to ensure that power is available right then what about next network operations center nocs noc also require uninterrupted power supply to monitor and manage network devices and basically ensure that they are secure right so they often use backup generators or battery backups to ensure that power is available each and every time then what about next military facilities right so military facilities require uninterrupted power supply to operate their critical systems okay right uh, like their communication systems surveillance system okay then uh, like other equipments okay like they often use battery uh, you know backup generators or battery backups to ensure that power is always available even during power outage or disruption caused by natural disasters or other events right then what about next financial institutions again as we know financial institutions also require uninterrupted power supply to operate their electronic banking systems okay their you know edm and other critical systems okay so they often use backup generators or battery backups to ensure that power is always available even during power outage 
or disruptions caused by cyber attacks or other events right so guys these are the few real life examples you will see that okay of the power redundancy so let us talk about the next redundancy or next type of redundancy which is nothing but the disk redundancy as we know disk redundancy refers to the practice of using redundant disks okay or you can simply say that the backup storage options to ensure data availability and prevent data loss in the event of disk failure okay so we can say disk redundancy is important for critical data storage applications such as our databases uh, email servers or you know file servers as well okay so as we know what are the different you know ways are ways to implement disk redundancy so what are the different ways are there raid is there redundant array of independent disks right so yeah so let me explain what is raid so we can simply say that raid is nothing but a technology that combines multiple hard drives into a single unit okay we can say that into a single logical unit and data is distributed across the drives okay in a way that okay that data provides redundancy and allows for continuous you know continue operate operations in the event of a single drive failure right yeah so we can simply say that okay this mirroring is uh, also known as raid 1 right and basically mirroring involves duplicating data across two separate disks okay so in the event of disk failure okay if any one disk failure the mirror disk can be used to restore that particular data right then what about next backup and recovery okay so in addition to disk redundancy it is also important to have regular backups of critical data backups can be stored on redundant disk system storage uh, you know cloud storage we can say or offsite locations to ensure that data can be recovered in the event of you know catastrophic failure right then what about next parity we can simply say this is a type of raid that uses a dedicated disk to store parity information okay so this information can be used to reconstruct data in the event of a disk failure yeah then what about next network attached storage nas so we can simply say nas is a storage device that connects to a network and provides file level data access to multiple clients okay so nas devices often include redundant disks and other features to improve reliability right then what about next storage area network san okay san is a dedicated network that provides block level data access to multiple servers right so sans often include 
you know redundant disk power supplies and other features to improve reliability okay and most common one which is nothing but cloud storage yeah as we know we all guys are using cloud storage google cloud okay so cloud storage provides offsite storage for data often with redundancy built in right so this can include both public cloud storage solutions like amazon's s3 isn't it microsoft's azure or google cloud as well as uh, you know there are so many private cloud solutions as well right so basically implementing disk redundancy is important for maintaining your data availability and preventing your data loss in critical data storage applications okay so by implementing redundant disk systems and backup options it's possible to minimize the impact of risk failures or you know disk failures or data availability and ensure that critical data is protected against disk related security threats such as malware or hardware failure right now what are the different you know examples are there okay of for the disk redundancy okay because it's a you know it's a technique okay that is used in server as well as you know storage systems and other computing systems okay and basically it uses multiple disks to store data and provides redundancy by you know by replicating data across multiple disks okay if one disk fails the data can be rebuilt from redundant copies on the remaining disk right then what about next as i mentioned cloud storage okay this is again a real life example i would say okay so again basically this also you know ensure that customer data is always available even in the event of disk failure right what about next video surveillance systems okay video surveillance systems so uh, basically this often use disk redundancy to ensure that recorded video footage is always available right even in the event of disk failure okay so they use techniques such as raid to store the data you know that particular video data redundancy you know so redundantly across multiple disks as well okay what about next multimedia production okay so in multimedia production disk redundancy is used to ensure that large video and audio files are always available for editing and post production work right so here also raid okay will be used okay to you know store that data redundancy then what about next financial institution okay like for many financial institution their you know transaction data is very much important okay so that's why they will have to use disk redundancy okay to store critical data such as their confirm you know customer information like uh, their transaction logs like and other financial data okay and basically they also use raid okay to ensure their data is stored 
redundantly across multiple disks right then what are the different examples are there in defensive security of red uh, you know disk redundancy as we know the first and you know most useful one which is nothing but network attached storage nas okay so as we know nas devices often use disk redundancy techniques such as raid okay to ensure that again stored data is you know always available and protected against disk failure right then what about next siem right nas is a you know nas devices you know often use a disk redundancy techniques these are the you know network attached storage devices okay these use raid to ensure their data is safe and secure okay again against any kind of disk failure so basically these devices okay are you know uh, collecting system logs right these devices are connecting system logs and you know network logs right so what about siem system guys security information and event management system again as we know okay this siem systems also require disk redundancy basically to ensure that logs and other security event data are always available right uh, to basically to you know protected against any kind of disk failures right so again we can say these systems often store large amount of data and rely on you know redundancy to avoid data loss right then what about next intrusion detection system okay basically this detects the intrusion so for these devices as well okay they need disk redundancy to ensure that logs and other critical data are always available and protected against disk failure okay so this is important for maintaining it's you know integrity of security data right such as alerts and event logs okay then what about next security cameras and video recording systems okay so here also you know security cameras and video recording systems often use disk redundancy techniques such as raid to ensure that video footage is always available and protected against disk failure right so this is important for maintaining the integrity of recorded security events and for supporting forensic investigations right then lastly what about access control systems okay so access control systems require again disk redundancy to ensures that system configurations log data and other critical data are always available and protected against disk failure right so again this is very much important for maintaining the integrity of systems operations 
and for supporting forensics investigation in the event of security incidents right so these are the few examples guys you will see that in you know different sectors as well as you know in defensive security as well okay to okay for the use of disk redundancy now let us talk about the next network redundancy okay in the name name itself there is word network so which means that this is totally related to network okay and you know their network data you know backup you can say you know so we can say that okay basically this particularly network redundancy refers to the practice of implementing backup or redundant network infrastructure right okay the backup and redundant network infrastructure okay to ensure continuous network connectivity and availability right in the event of a failure or you can say that the outage so network redundancy can be implemented at various level including the you know the physical layer okay network layer and application layer so in a you know in the physical layer network redundancy can be implemented by having multiple network cables or paths connecting network devices or you can say that the switches and routers so this ensure that if one cable or path fails data traffic can automatically be you know reroute rerouted through the redundant path okay so redundant power supplies or you know cooling systems and other hardware components can also be implemented to ensure the availability of the network infrastructure right then what about next the second layer is going to be a you know network layer so in the network layer okay the protocols such as you know the stp we can say spanning tree protocol okay or vrrp so this vrrp stands for virtual router redundancy protocol okay so we can simply say that this protocols okay can be used to provide redundant network paths and enable automatic failover in the event of a failure yeah so here HSTP prevents network loops by disabling redundant network paths, right? While VRRP, this second protocol, provides automatic failover of routers in case of a primary router failure. Yeah. The full form of STP is nothing but spanning tree protocol. Okay, is nothing but spanning tree protocol okay and the vrrp stands for virtual router redundancy protocol okay these are the two different protocols okay you can use in network layer okay then in the application layer load balancing can be used to distribute network traffic across multiple servers or network devices 
right ensuring that no signal is overloaded or become a single point of failure right so dns okay data name server you can say okay this load balancing can also be used dns load balancing okay can also be used basically to okay distribute network traffic across multiple servers so like implementing network redundancy is very much important for maintaining network availability preventing costly downtime and ensuring business you know continuity right it also provides a level of security and protections against network related security threats such as cyber attacks okay that may target network infrastructure okay now here also what are the different ways to implement network redundancy redundant network connections okay redundant network connections okay so basically this involves connecting multiple cables or paths between network devices switches and routers to provide redundancy in case of cable or path failure right so this can be done using technologies such as link aggregation lag or port channeling right then what about next redundant network devices okay so implementing redundant network devices such as switches and routers okay basically this can provide backup functionality in case of a device failure okay so this can be done by using technologies such as the spanning tree protocol as we discussed before or the virtual router redundancy protocol which is nothing but vrrp right then what about next load balancing okay as i mentioned one word load balancing in the previous network redundancy topic okay so here also you will see that okay load balancing is a technique used to distribute network traffic across multiple servers or across multiple devices right and that ensuring you know that you know basically to ensuring that no signal device is overloaded or become a single point of failure so this can be done using technologies such as round robin dns or hardware load balancer right then what about next redundant power and cooling systems okay so implementing redundant power and cooling systems can ensure that network infrastructure remains operational even in the event of a power or cooling failure right now what about next cloud based redundancy okay so cloud based redundancy involves replicating critical network services and applications in the cloud okay providing backup functionality in case of an on premise failure right so the cloud based redundancy can also provide geographic redundancy and that is you know ensuring that 
network you know services remain available in case of a regional disaster okay then what about next disaster recovery planning so here okay you can see in this implementing a this particular disaster recovery plan can help to ensure that you know the network infrastructure remains operational in case of a catastrophic failure okay and this include having offsite backups secondary data centers and alternative network connectivities options right so by you know by implementing network redundancy organizations can ensure that their network infrastructure remains operational and available in the event of a failure or outage okay reducing the risk of costly downtime and ensuring business continuity right so what are the different real life examples are there like as we know cloud computing is there okay like the cloud computing providers often use network redundancy to ensure that their services are always available right even in the event of a network outage so they use techniques such as load balancing and failover to ensure that network traffic is automatically rerouted to backup systems in the event of an outage then you will find that okay network redundancy example is uh, you know the in the telecommunications as well so telecommunications providers use network redundancy to ensure that their services are always available to the to their customers okay and they often use redundant network connections and multiple data centers to ensure that network traffic can be automatically rerouted in the event of a network outage right then what about next bank you know in the banking and finance as well yeah these are the real life example guys okay like uh, we are not uh, you know talking about the connection how to build the connection between cloud computing and telecommunication okay these are just the real life examples of you know where you can use network redundancy okay where we can implement network redundancy so these are the few sectors you will see that over there you will definitely find that network redundancy okay and they are using network redundancy because it's the you know very important aspects of the businesses okay to available their you know their services okay 24 by 7 so as we know for banking and finance as well uh, they also you know require a high level of network redundancy right to ensure that their services are always available to their customers and they use redundant network connections and multiple data centers to ensure that network traffic can be automatically rerouted in the event of a network outage right like in medical systems as well if you know okay in medical systems okay such as hospitals and you know clinics okay those are you know rely on network redundancy to 
ensure that critical patient information is always available to the medical staff right so they use redundant network connections and backup systems to ensure that patient data can be accessed even in the event of network outage right then what about next industrial control systems right so uh, as we know industrial control systems such as power plants and manufacturing facilities okay those also uh, you know require high level of network redundancy basically to ensure that critical systems remain operational okay so they also use redundant network connections and backup systems okay to ensure that their you know control systems can be accessed and operated even in the event of network outage right now what are the different you know examples are there okay from the you know defensive security okay where we use network redundancy in defensive security guys yeah if we talking about this term okay like we can okay use network redundancy in defensive security like multi home network connections right so we can say in multi home network connections okay a device is connected to multiple internet service providers okay for redundancy so this can provide an additional layer of security by ensuring that if one isp goes down the network can still operate through the other internet service provider right okay then what about next dual firewalls okay as we all know okay like dual firewalls are often used in network security right to provide redundancy if one firewall fails the other firewall can take over and keep the network secure right then what about next load balancing so load balancing we can say is nothing but a technique used to distribute network traffic across multiple servers or devices and basically this can help to ensure that no signal device or server is overloaded right and okay that can also provide redundancy in the event that one server or device goes down right then what about next network failover okay so as we know network failover is nothing but a technique that automatically switches to a backup network connection in the event of a network outage right so this can provide redundancy and help to ensure that network remains operational even during an outage as well okay and lastly we have redundant network infrastructure okay so we can say that redundant network infrastructure involves having multiple switches multiple routers and any other network devices to provide redundancy right so if one device fails and the network can continue to operate 
through the other devices right so this basically helping to ensure that network remains secure and operational okay so means availability is very much important okay and for for just applying the availability in our system okay we are doing this thing okay so that is why you will find that okay ci right is very much very much important and most of the companies okay are implementing it okay now let us talk about the backup and its type now guys what is backup as we all know i guess all are using backup okay in their smartphone in their system like laptop their computer their desktop okay their tablets yes we were talking about the you know the network redundancy okay so network failover is going to be a type of network redundancy right because in the last slides we are talking about network redundancy these are the few examples of network redundancy right so means here you will find that we are talking about the what are the different cases okay what are, what are the different you know use cases of you know redundant uh, network redundancy in defensive security okay then what is backup guys as we know backup is nothing but a copy yes ups is nothing but the backup yeah in cloud also we can you know set our backup like whatsapp also okay whatsapp give a you know backup on its server right so we can simply say that backup okay is the process okay we can say backup simply refers to the process of copying and archiving data and system configurations to a secondary location device or you know a medium for the purpose of data recovery in case of data loss or corruption right so we can simply say backups are you know are an essential part of data protection and disaster recovery planning right okay uh, like these are various type of okay like there are lot of different types of backups are there okay we'll explain these those types like including full backups okay incremental backups okay like that so we'll be talking about those uh, after understanding this backup right so we can say that okay like as we know we can uh, do the backup like manually as well as automatically like if we say uh, if you are working on uh, let's say on a cloud okay like if you created a one excel file on the cloud okay so if you are you know editing that cloud okay whenever you want to edit okay and that will automatically save on the cloud right 
so that is nothing but the that is saving your you know file okay so we can say that we can do backup automatically as well as manually as well like whatsapp automatically okay uh, well you know we, uh, automatically okay uh, is doing the backup right of our chats so using backup software we can say we can do this uh, automatically uh, automatic backup or you know uh, this thing okay or we can simply use built-in backup features in operating systems as well so backup media can include hard drives uh, you know the tapes and you know cloud-based storage as well so backup strategies vary depending on the needs of the organization and the critically you know criticality of the data being backed up okay so some organization may require daily backups while others may only need weekly or you know monthly backups so it is important to ensure that backups are performed regularly and that backup media is stored securely and off-site right so the process of restoring data from backups involves copying the data from the backup media to the original location or to a new location right so restoration can be done manually or using backup software as well okay like recycle bin as well okay like if we try to understand this thing in the recycle bin if you delete some information that is nothing but you know automatically store in the recycle bin for you know i guess around 30 days right and then it will automatically delete if you you, you know if you didn't you know restore that particular data that particular information from the recycle bin so again you can say that you can uh, put you can say that is uh, you know if you wanted to do the you know backup of your deleted data so you can do the instead of doing you know overall delete you can do the you know put your data into the recycle bin yeah so if you change your mind so you can restore that data as well from the recycle bin so now let us understand what are the different types of backups are there okay what are the different types of backups are there okay quickly full backup now what is guy okay full backup full backup is nothing but we can say that the complete backup of our overall data right then what about next incremental backup so we can say that incremental backup is the backup of only the data that has changed since the last backup right means you are doing backups you know uh, regularly or daily basis like or uh, monthly basis or weekly basis so at that time okay you can use incremental backup instead of full backup right so whichever data you just updated in that data so only that data will be you know uh, will be in the will be stored in the you know your spray your previous backup right then what about next differential backup right absolutely okay so again we can say it is a backup of only the data that has changed since the last full backup okay 
so that is nothing but a differential backup okay now what about next synthetic backup so we can say synthetic backup is a type of backup that combines a full backup with one or more incremental backups to create a full you know new full backup okay so basically this type of backup can reduce you know backup time you know and storage requirements as well right then what about next mirror backup okay so we can simply say that this type of backup okay which can simply creates an exact copy of the source data on a separate storage device or server okay basically okay that backup okay this synthetic backup combines a full backup with one or more incremental backups to create a new full backup right so this type of backup can reduce backup time and storage requirements okay like for example of the like of the synthetic backup okay a company perform a synthetic backup every week okay combining a full backup with the incremental backups from the previous week to create a new full backup okay the difference between full backup and incremental backup is that full backup is a you know complete backup okay and what about incremental backup that let's say you are you know doing the backup you are on the reg regular basis you are doing backup like a weekly basis so in a first week you did backup now in the second week you created some you know some data now instead of storing your overall data with previous data you can simply you know backup your current data that you generated in that particular week okay and you can store that current week data in the you know in the previous backup so that is nothing but the incremental backup got it now what about cloud backup okay what about cloud backup cloud backup is you know also uh, we are you know doing the backup on the cloud like amazon s3 microsoft azure google cloud right then we have the local backup so we can simply say that local backup is nothing but the local storage device okay just we are you know doing the backup on the local storage device okay like our uh, let's say external hard drive right or you know network attached storage as well so this uh, you know we can say this type of backup is very useful for quick recovery of data in case of hardware failure okay like if we have other you know one more hard drive so you can simply use that hard drive okay to you know uh, you know just for the backup and in case of any you know any uh, you know hard drive failure you can use this external hard drive okay now what about next remote backup so we can say remote backup involves backing up data to a remote location such as secondary data centers or a cloud based storage services okay like for companies okay there is no you know one data center you will always find that there are a lot of data centers okay and you will find that 
okay if one data center destroys okay because of some you know incidents like earthquake and all so then the data can be recovered from the other locations data center right so that is nothing but remote backup and what about next one continuous data protection which is nothing but cdp so we can say cdp is a type of backup okay that continuously backs up data as it changes okay as we are changing the data okay it is backing up the data right so that's the thing you can also say that the real time backup as well okay so that's about this uh, this particular session guys